I told JJ I'm going to try to um, pick people, my cryptics from different countries each time since we have different countries listening now to appeal yeah, to the masses. I've been wonderful listening from all sorts of different countries. It's impressive because I don't know any other languages other than English. So people who have that ability to speak more than one language already, I'm very impressed. Way impressed. I'm super honored. I've always wanted to learn another language, but I got too much twang. <laughs> it would make it really, you have to put in that dialect in there. Mm -hmm. Very obviously we're Americans. We're dumb Americans, but that's okay. Stereotypical dumb Americans <laughs> that only speak English. But I don't, I'm not one that thinks that that's what everybody should speak. Like, do you, boo? That's great. You speak a lot of languages. Please teach my kids some. Damn. Yeah. Because I ain't going to be able to. No. <laughs> this is not a wealth of information over here. <laughs> nope. This is Jen. This is Becky. And this is Too Close to Home Cryptids Edition. A little bit of mind bleach. Um, we wanted to do some more cryptids. Plus uh, they're fun. Oh, yeah. So mine uh, is the Wendigo. Ooh. And I've always been like, isn't that the name of no Winnebago? Winnebago. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Close. One will kill you. <laughs> One kills your gas, your <laughs> with pockets. But it's a fun family adventure. This really is good times. Mm -hmm. I've always been like, there's a lot of Wendigos in different like media, you know, movies, TV, even video games. But it's like so eerie that I'm like maybe this is true like the indigenous people it comes from them so it's like oh fucking these motherfuckers were serious like they knew like i feel like they were much more legit than europeans <laughs> much more <laughs> i don't think they would lead me astray mm -mm. So <laughs> no nope. we all heard how uh the black death and the plague affected europe and people were doing just ridiculous ass shit <laughs> so yes it's always one of those that have like kind of got me um, my source was Lights Out, the Terrifying Wendigo, a cannibalistic creature of the forest. Um, and that was a really creepy. Like, they went in even more detail than what I'm going to go into. But, like, whew, I was a little spooky spaghetti <laughs> on that one. And, of course, Wikipedia, because that's our ever-loving source. <laughs> and I'll start off with a little quote about what the uh, Wendigo looks like. The Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation. Its desiccated skin tightly over its bones with its bones pushing out against its skin its complexion the ash gray of death and its eyes pushed back deep into their sockets the wendigo looks like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave what lips it had were tattered and bloody unclean and suffering from the separation of the flesh the wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition of death and corruption and that was basil s johnson Ojibwe teacher and scholar hmm. and so of course I am going to try very hard with these indigenous Native American names and, and stuff so please don't hate me my ancestry my ancestry uh, told me that I'm like at least 0.1% oh so you should be able to say all these words easy <laughs> no Pocahontas <laughs> over here <laughs> She's like colors of the wind. I'm like, what the fuck's going on with this wind? <laughs> and there's too much sun on my pasty skin. <laughs> yeah, like, the wind's going to burn. <laughs> so it comes from uh, Native American folklore, 
with specifically the Algonquin, which is several indigenous tribes in North America, but specifically Eastern Canada and the Minnesota Great Lakes region. And who thought those white folks up there didn't have anything going on? It was believed to be the embodiment of pure evil as it stars for human flesh. It's created out of cannibalism. Tribes oh. believed if someone considers eating human flesh, they should starve to death or take their own life to prevent becoming a Wendigo. It's that dangerous to them. Agreed. Do you feel like you need to start eating folks? I mean, it's going to be a no for me. <laughs> I'm going to need you to check on out. <laughs> Kick rocks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Multiple spellings and pronunciations for this creature that I'm not even going to try. Okay. But it's most oft called the Wendigo. Before French missionaries converted many indigenous folks in Can the Can you know, Canada and the Northern Lakes regions, they converted them to Catholicism. Most people practiced Midwaywin or Mid. It was also called the Grand Medicine Society, which I want to join. I feel like Same. that's what your RN should be in. The Grand Medicine Society. Yes. Or the way of the heart. That's another way they would call it. Many words and concepts of their religion, Midway when had no English translation, which adds to the mystery of it. Practitioners are ranked by degrees and must master certain things to level up this spiritual medicine. Think about it like doctors and postdoctorates, nurses, just different levels and once you level up, then you can do things. And at one point, when you reach a certain level, you're able to finally be able to defeat Wendigos. Or kill them. It's passed through oral tradition mostly, and one of the first origins of the story was a man who was expelled by his tribe along with his family. They were starving and desperate. They left looking for help, and they were trying to find maybe another tribe to go to he ended up showing up to another tribe by himself. He stated his family starved to start, died of starvation on the way to find help, and they looked at him and they were like, this motherfucker is too fat <laughs> to be starving. Stop. Okay? So they were like, all right, all right, well, where were you? He's like, well, we found a cabin out in the woods, and we decided to hole up in there and... uh they were like, okay, well, take us to this fucking cabin. They take him to the he takes him to the cabin, and his family's there in a million little pieces with bite marks all over them. He explained it was not his fault. A creature had possessed him and that he was forced to do this. And not believing him, they executed him. Another version is a great warrior who made a deal with the devil to save his tribe from extinction. And the devil turned him into a wendigo, and his tribe abandoned him. Which is kind of fucked up, man. Another version, a man went, ventured into the wilderness through a cold winter. And after days of scavenging and hunting, he was cold, desperate, and starving. He saw a fellow hunter. And instead of running to him for help, he run, ran up on him and started attacking him and trying to eat him. I wonder what it's like. No, okay. Maybe I don't wonder what it's like. I am... How weird it must be to get so hungry that another human looks appetizing. Yeah. Well, it makes me think of like the Looney Tunes when they would be on a deserted island yeah. and they look at them and they're like a chicken leg or something. Yes, that's what I always think of too. I'm like, did they just start looking like some boneless wings and fries? Like, yeah. Like, was it spaghetti that day? I don't know. 
so he did end up uh, killing the man, and he ate himself to fatigue, and he fell asleep. And then when he woke, he had lost his connection to human consciousness, and he became a Wendigo from that point on, becoming, you know, hungry for flesh for the rest of his life. It roams the northern forests of the U.S. and Canada, most of Minnesota and Great Lakes. Some think it's werewolf. Some think it's Bigfoot. I'd hope I would never run across like something like that, like it's a cannibal and it wants to eat you. Like I would hope Bigfoot be a little fun at least. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Remember Harry and the Hendersons? Like I really hope he's like that. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> they also believe he turns back into human after feasting on flesh. In the early 1900s, the Algonquin, Un- Algonquin tribe sounded an alarm because a lot of people around that period were missing and never to return. And they believed that it was Wendigo attacks. If Trice suspected a Wendigo possession, a healer would try to treat the possession before they would turn violent. And sometimes they even killed the afflicted just to preserve the tribe. So here's a description of what it looks like and how we're going to defeat it. We would hope. Well, I already know I got to level up. (laughs) I got to level up. (laughs) It's about 15 feet tall with a skeleton frame visible under its very thin skin. It looks extremely emaciated and its skin dark gray pulled tight over his bones. And now over his skin there'll be tufts of hair and pustules. His face will be very his uh the way his face looks kind of varies from Wendigo to Wendigo. Sometimes it'll look more human, sometimes it'll look more animal with ears and a long jaw. It has glowing eyes, a long frog like tongue, yellow fangs. And it has massive antlers that go up into spikes that he can kill victims with. And very long, thin arms. The skin, even though it looks really thin, is almost like plated armor. Mm. Think like, you probably never watched The Hobbit, but in The Hobbit, Smog had like one <laughs> little missing plate. And that's the only way they could kill him. Like, So it's almost impenetrable. They have hands like t- with long talons, but it's clove hoofed. They can stand upright, but they're much faster on all fours. They have a heart of ice, and they might be missing appendages from the cold because they love the cold. Most believe that no one has actually seen a Wendigo and lived to tell the tale. If they got up close, they could die from sheer terror alone, which, okay, then how, how do we know about it then? <laughs> how do we have such a graphic description? <laughs> and no, he's got armor-like skin. So if a Wendigo goes too long without eating, it will eventually starve and die. Defeating it's not easy. Like I said, his skin is very tough. The only way to kill it for sure is to cut out its heart, which is super icy cold, and burn it in a fire. And fire is the only good protection from the Wendigo. It can come back to life unless a spiritual leader performs a very specific ritual that kills the original human who still lives within the side, within the beast. It would go grow into proportion to the meal it had just eating, eaten. So like, there's you can see a Wendigo and it'd be like human size, and then there's ones that have like super, I guess, successful Wendigos <laughs> that have eaten a lot of people and they just get bigger and gianter and like they're gianter, gianter, bigger. But, of course, this comes at a price, you know. Uh, he's never full, and he just keeps... Getting hungrier and getting hungrier. hungrier and hungrier. 
It's their curse to have this sickening hunger and to eat human flesh in order to survive. When it breathes, it makes a weird hissing noise and leaves footprints of blood in the snow. The hissing sound is kind of like this. terrifying and then like if you google like wendigo noises on youtube there's a whole bunch of people where they are you know like there's one specific like with a child you can hear a child talking in the background and you can hear it way off in the distance and it doesn't sound like any other animals but they might i don't know people go back and forth on it that kind of sounds like an elk to me not that i'm a zoologist i'm a cryptozoologist at most (laughs) I think you're doing a fine job as a zoologist. Thank you. <laughs> it's covered in blood and flesh. And as well as the stench of death, it could be smelled at a great distance. So you don't have to be nearby to get that delightful, deathly smell. <laughs> it is extraordinarily strong and has an immense amount of stamina. Their sense of smell and hearing is so acute that it can smell you through water and at long distances. And you know, like, when dogs track, if you go across water, a lot of times they'll lose that scent. They don't give a fuck. They're going to smell you. Supposedly, they will also sense when a human is in their vicinity. It can. This is the fucking terrifying thing to me. It can mimic human voices. Oof. In some versions, it can even take on um, the last victim's voice, personality, and sometimes even its form. Oof. It tr- uses that. So I to- could be a Wendigo right now. You, you have no idea. <laughs> exactly. Are you? No. Thank God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Got real for a moment, y'all. My skin is very in. Pichin- p- p- Penetrable. There we go. That's, <laughs> That's why I don't know a second language. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know the second half of the English language. Uh-uh. <laughs> I got you, girl. We right here together. <laughs> That's the thing that would scare me because they'll talk about it being in the woods and mimicking a human's voice for help. And it keeps drawing that person further and further into the forest until they fucking pounce and attack. To ward away the Wendigo, some tribes perform dance rituals during the cold months, especially if food sources are low. It really loves the cold. It likes to hunt after sunset and it has keen night vision. It can also manipulate the weather, making it colder and icier. Eesh. Which, April like, 22nd, 2022 at 7.51 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Okay, first of all, nobody was speaking to you. I didn't even say her name. Mm-mm. We Big should brother. leave that in. That was a Wendigo thing. Oh, stop it. I'll leave right now. <laughs> <laughs> I will check the fuck out. <laughs> It's already cold in here. Like a Wendigo likes Jennifer. Are you a Wendigo? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but like the, it loves, it particularly loves that cold. And it, like, it feels like there's no fucking way you can't not get killed by a Wendigo. Like, no. oh, you want to stab it? Mm-mm, ain't gonna work. You can only burn its heart. Well, how are you going to stab it and get that fucking heart then? I guess I'm just going to have to become a. Um, I'm just going to throw a torch at it. At work, burn that bitch down. Just burn your whole self. So Wendigo um, lore. Flaming arrow. <laughs> Wendigo lore can also uh, travel over into an actual type of medical diagnosis. 
It's called Wendigo psychosis, and that was popular one time. Not obviously not anymore. We can based bring it on back. the looks of that face, we can bring it back. <laughs> we can bring it back. <laughs> it was described to be either a craving of human flesh or the intense fear that they will become a cannibal. Okay, let's not bring that back. Never mind. Scratch that. <laughs> <laughs> like Becky, you look delicious today. I'm oh, out. No! I'm out. She thinks I look good. It's cold. The legs are talking to us. (laughs) One of the few people to actually see a person with this psychosis was a missionary named J.E. Sedan, who traveled around in the the early 1900s. He lived with the Cree of Hudson Bay in Canada. He met a woman who was supposedly possessed, but she seemed rational, had no desire to eat human flesh, only wanted to kill strangers because she feared they would hurt her. She surrounded herself with close family and avoided new people in order to avoid the temptation to kill them. This was one of those well-documented cases, but it does not resemble the actual diagnosis at all, where you're afraid you're going to eat. She apparently had had an interaction with the Wendigo, and it made her ultra-paranoid. There is some debate on this, whether it's an actual psychosis or whether it's just a catch-all you know, term for the mental disorders at the time that have since then been uncovered discovered however you want to label that kind of like anytime a kid's sick they have uh a gi virus yeah pretty much that's it (laughs) the frequency of wendigo psychosis uh cases decreased sharply in the 20th century as boreal algonquin people came into greater and greater contact with european ideologies and became more sedentary lived in less rural places and had more modern lifestyles. So I guess the more modern things that came to him, the less they believed in psychosis. Or they, they believed that it was possible. The 10th revision of the International Statistic Classification of Diseases and Related Health Problems classifies Wendigo as a culture-specific disorder, describing it as a rare historical Accounts of cannibalistic obsession. Symptoms include depression, homicidal or suicidal thoughts, and a delusional, compulsive wish to eat human flesh. Some saw new studies questioned the syndrome's legitimacy, claiming cases were actually the product of hostile accusations invented to justify the victim's ostracism or execution. (laughs) Just fuck it up. Always. (laughs) And this is how you become a Wendigo. Step one, one, one. How to become a Wendigo. You're more susceptible to becoming a Wendigo if you've gone a long period of time without food, like a beacon for nightmare fuel. (laughs) Early symptoms are nausea, poor appetite, vomiting, then delusional thinking, and then they start thinking humans are edible. Sounds like um, really bad dehydration. You know, I told you about those guys that got dehydrated and then started eating each other and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. When the brain started swelling. Maybe some meningitis. I don't know. Some mini- meningitis. Even thinking about cannibalism in extreme circumstances can make you more vulnerable to being a Wendigo. So, like, let's say you get. So, like, right now, us having this discussion in this podcast about it makes us more vulnerable to become one? Yes. Okay. But uh, but more in the case, like, let's say your plane crashed and you survived and you were in the middle of the wilderness, like um, Yellow Jackets, the TV show. <laughs> Like, even coming to the point where, like, we might end up having to eat each other. Boom. Way to go. Boom. (laughs) 
the Wendigo can take over a person's mind and control them, um, like the hunter who killed his family. They can also uh, possess your dreams, driving you crazy. Thank you, Wendigo. I don't need that. <laughs> Greed and materialism also puts you at risk. And so some people believe the Wendigo became like a, a boogeyman story for their environment. You know, it discouraged people in tribal settings not to be individualistic. Individualistic? There we go. There we go. But to think of the tribe as a whole, and because to them, you know, to survive, we all have to band together to do it. It may have also stemmed from the violence brought by European settlers, unable to fathom raping, murdering, and being driven out by fellow humans. They had to be Wendigos. They had to be something evil. After the settlers arrived and the land and the resources were stripped, times became harder for indigenous peoples in their belief making them more prone to attacks and possessions of the Wendigo. So basically anything can make you a Wendigo. You're almost like... Sounds like we're all on the cusp of being one. I mean, they they talk about... um, There's like a seven... And I can't remember what it's called now. And it's like a prophecy. The seven prophecies of fire or something like that. And it is in Midway when... And they have all these accounts of people who prophesized different points and some of them I guess have become true and then the final one is where the world has the humans have to decide whether they're going to go after gold and wealth or harmony and peace and and they're worried that we're already in that and we're going materialistic and that this is the end of the world so I think it's a a little combination of everything, you know, the settlers coming in and taking their land, taking their resources, leaving people destitute, you know, in an environment where they once thrived, Um, forcing people to make, you know, decisions of like, am I going to have to eat my brother? (laughs) (laughs) You know, just and then the fear of like the ultra violence that the European settlers brought unnecessarily. We've all seen Pocahontas, okay? We have. We know. We've seen it. We played Oregon Trail. Stupid Englishman. So it's in all sorts of like pop culture references. Uh, Fallout 76, Until Dawn, which is one of my favorite video games. It also appears in various films and television shows like Dark Was the Night, Ravenous, um, a bunch of TV series like Teen Wolf, Supernatural, Grimm. It was also... The subject of a movie called Antlers. Shout out to our fellow podcast. Don't go out there. They did a great episode on that one. <laughs> don't go out there. Did don't you say don't there. go out there or go out there? Don't go out okay, there. Okay. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. From a do to a don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> so something cool is uh, Jimmy loves to go on Reddit and look up these different subreddits like for true crime and stuff. And one of the best subreddits that we've met people in and talked to people and were the cryptids subreddit those folks are awesome you know we told them that of course we cover true crime but we wanted to know more um cryptid and cryptozoology and some of these other unknown or lesser known cryptids for future um, podcast episodes one fellow reached out to us with a wendigo story we want to give him a little shout out um, his Instagram is Tommy Tune, T O M M Y T O O N underscore voice me, V O Y C E M E underscore author, common spelling. 
and he is a webcomic writer, and he actually has a Jurassic Park webcomic on the Voice Me app called The Primeval Hunt, and if you know me, I love Jurassic Park. Uh, first of all, that is my favorite ever, Jurassic Park and all the movies, and you know the new one comes out in June, just I, saying. So, we went to the movies the other day, and they had a, um, a preview, and I'm like, oh my god. Like last last one that came out, I had to get the popcorn bucket and the cup while I was at the theater. And then, of course, I have my Jurassic Park gear. And when we went to Universal, I'm all about it. Like, that's my jam. It's just. It's love like me pinnacle. some dinos. I cannot wait for this next one. <laughs> JJ always says, thank God Jurassic Park isn't real because you would make us go. Absolutely <laughs> we would. I don't care if I got ate by a pterodactyl. <laughs> I'm going for the experience. I want to pet a brontosaurus. Thank you. Damn. It was like, that's how I got into playing the um, Legos games with Camilla. They had a Lego Jurassic World and all the other ones. And I was like, fuck yeah, I want to do all this. I did not know that. I've only played the Batman one. Oh, yeah. Me and well, I got to get in on that time. Jurassic Park one. Both show. Both show. I'm going to read from his point of view here. I'll give, a, I'll give one that personally still freaks me out to this day. To give context, I live in a small country town in Oregon. Is it Rosemary? Is it? Mm-hmm. Lots of strange stuff happens here. Ghosts, Sasquatch sightings, UFO stuff a few times. It's just got this weirdness about it. When I was in eighth grade, I was walking to my school at, at, time, at the time, and something notable was that it was dark and foggy, which wasn't all that uncommon, so I was used to it. However, subconsciously, I stayed away from the right side of the road. When I got into the road leading to the school, I had a bad feeling. Suddenly, in a nearby house came this creature, it looked somewhat human, but it looked wrong. Its skin was pale, almost translucent, with large flashlight bright eyes, terribly messy teeth, and sickle-shaped claws. It looked in my direction, then howled with a blood-curling howl that I can't even fully put into words. I ran as fast as I could, but in seconds, the creature had got within 10 feet of me. Yeesh. I would be shitting bricks, I'm just saying. Me too. Same. I narrowly was able to escape into the school, and the thing that freaks me out more than anything, is that the security cameras didn't spy the creature or me. Still, this isn't my only story. I've got other things I've seen, but it's an important one, since that turned what was a fascination into a big part of my life, researching the occult, and through that research, I concluded years later that what I had seen may well have been a Wendigo. Ooh, that's creepy. See? Oh, man. Like It feels like it justifies my actual fear that Wendigos are real. It does. It really does. So that's the story of the Wendigo. Yay. I loved it. You know, I love creepy shit anyway. Now we're going to talk about my creature. I'm fucking so stoked about this one. I am too because it is (laughs) funny. (laughs) Jimmy's doing it behind your back right now though. (laughs) (laughs) The picture of him is amazing. We'll put that on the socials. Don't you worry. So mine isn't as... Um, in depth is yours, but it's still pretty good. So we're going to talk about the Alp. He's a folklore out of Germany. So he originates from German folklore. The Alp is a malefic, maleficent, malevolent, malevolent. There you go. Jesus. Got you, girl. I know exactly how that feels. (laughs) Vampiric spirit. It has the ability to shape shift into cats, dogs, snakes, butterflies, and pigs. <laughs> when I want to feel pretty. <laughs> <laughs> then I just turn into a butterfly. 
I better fly my ass away. <laughs> the male demon appears in the nightmares of men, women, and children. And in the old days, people believed Alps caused sleeping problems, such as sleep apnea, sleep paralysis, and sleepwalking. Unfortunately, it only resides in dreams, making it almost impossible to kill. Oh, shit. So he's like a uh, Freddy Krueger? Kind of, but you can reach out to him and uh, get him to come out of your dream. I'll tell you about that later. I had cut a bunch out of here, and then I was like, oh, I probably should have left that in there. The Alp is sometimes likened to a vampire, but its behavior is more akin to that of an incubus. You know what mm. an incubus is? Isn't like somebody like a uh, spirit that like sucks the life out of you? It's a demon in male form, according to mythological and legendary tradition. Tradition lies upon sleeping women in order to engage in sexual activity with them. Okay. The female counterpart is a succubus. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, no, you heard that one. Jimmy's called me that many a time. <laughs> it, it is distinct um, from both of these creatures that it wears a magic hat called a Tarnkapa. Tarnkapa. <laughs> Why you got to call me out like that, Jim? Because <laughs> I like it better. <laughs> from which it draws its powers. The word Alp is from the German form of the word that comes into English as elf. Okay. So in the period before 1000, the old high German word Alp is attested only in a small number of glosses. It is defined as a nature god or nature demon and equated with the fonds of classical mythology regarded as eerie, ferocious beings. As the mayor, he messes around with women. Accordingly, the German word Alpdruck, literally Alf oppression, means nightmare. There's also evidence associating elves with illness, specifically epilepsy. So the mayor in Nightmare is not a female horse, but a Mara, an Anglo-Saxon Old Norse term for a demon that sat on sleeper's chest, causing them to have bad dreams. Well, shit. Yes. I guess I never thought about the origins of Nightmare. I didn't either. And it says, too, in high German, the demon who causes bad dreams is most often called an Alp, a word related to Elf. A nightmare, a mare-induced bad dream is called a Nightmare in English. So what our little friend does. Tell me about our little buddy. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) Oh, let me tell you this part first. In later medieval prayers, elves appear to be threatening, even demonic force. Evidence includes Latin prayers found inscribed in lead amulets from southern Scandinavia. The most famous is a 14th century. How do I say that, Jimmy? Muchener Noxigan. Okay, you did way better than what I could have on that. He told me that he said that one time and I was like, that fucked all the way up. It is a prayer to be said at night, which includes the lines. I'm already in danger because I wouldn't even be able to start the prayer. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) Elf, or also little elf, you shall remain no longer. Elf, sister and father, you you shall go out over the gate. Elf's mother, Trout and mare, you shall go out to the roof ridge. Let the mare not oppress me. Let the truth not pinch me. Let the mare not ride me. (laughs) Let the mare not mount me. (laughs) 
<laughs> Elf with your crooked nose, I forbid you to blow on people. Damn. Apparently, you're supposed to say this to keep them away. But like, don't blow on me. I mean, that was very health conscious COVID thinking. <laughs> Way before the times. <laughs> don't you blow on me. <laughs> so an elf is elf is typically male, while the Mara or Mart appear to be more feminine versions of the same creature. The victims are often female, whom it attacks during the night, controlling their dreams and creating horrific nightmares. An elf attack is called an elf druck, which means elf elf pressure. Elf druck is when an elf sits upon a sleeper's chest and becomes heavier and heavier, crushing weight, causing them to be wakened, terrified and breathless. I mean, I would. I would too. The fuck? If <laughs> <laughs> that bitch just sitting on your chest, the hell? <laughs> the victim awakens, unable to move under the elf's weight. This may be an early explanation for sleep apnea and sleep paralysis, mm. as well as night terrors. It may also include lucid dreams. FYI, sexual attacks by the elf are rare. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I don't want to get raped by an elf. <laughs> no. <laughs> the elf is often associated with vampires because it will drink blood from the nipples of men. <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh! From the nipples. From the nipples of men and young children. You know, I, hope, I hope a woman came up with that. No. I want y'all to fucking know. Though, wait, <laughs> women are the preferred victim. Damn it. Because invariably, it also likes the flavor of breast milk. Well, I ain't got none. So, <laughs> you might wake up with it sitting on your chest, sucking on your nip. It could be, it could be the elf. Could be Jimmy. Could be. <laughs> Motherfucker, get off of me. They both do this. <laughs> That's so dead. I just imagine, like, this little elf, like, Snuggled up yeah. on Jimmy. <laughs> I would Snapchat it before I awoke JJ to let ten him know. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. <laughs> the elf also exhibits a tendency for mischief similar to elves, like souring milk and re-diapering a baby. That sounds like a favor. <laughs> no, listen to what he does exactly. A maid must sign a cross on the diaper or the elf will put the soil diaper back on the baby after they've changed him. Personally, for me, sounds like an excuse you're using because you didn't change the fucking baby and they got a diaper God rash. Goddamn elf, come up in here again and put this shitty diaper back on this baby. I swear to God, I put a clean one on. I forgot my ex. I know I did. But, I did. See, there's no exes on this diaper. Mm. He snuck up in here and did that. My titty. Or were you just fucking lazy? Which one was it? I'm sure it's the latter. <laughs> they also en enjoy tangling hair into elf knots. So now the baby got a dirty diaper and some matted hair. But it was the elf. Okay. okay. Making a nappy and everything. Poor thing. He also likes chewing or twisting horse tails. I'm guessing that they're talking about a pigtail. Oh. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't have horses. So at least I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> nope. You got a little bun on with a pigtail Damn. right now. I already have a hard time brushing my own hair and I have an elf come up here and make it. And that's what I'm going to start saying when my yeah. shit's look janky. I did brush my hair. The elf got it. God damn. Elf, I didn't put no X's on my hair and shit. He got tired of sucking on Jimmy's nip and came over <laughs> fucking with my hair. 
The elves will also ride a horse to exhaustion during the night and may sometimes crush smaller farm animals such as geese to death um, during a pressing attack. Well, Elf, you know, geese are mean anyways. They are. It's kind of like karma. <laughs> <laughs> they are also similarly blamed for minor illness and milking cows dry because they also enjoy the taste of cow's milk. I know. I don't know what to if do. If I come this. out to my barn and that motherfucking little old elf, <laughs> whoops, I drank all your milk. <laughs> I'm putting him like a football. He does look punnable, doesn't he? Does he? <laughs> oh, <laughs> a booby fetish. Excellent, Jimmy. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> we sounded so technical there. It's a booby fetish. <laughs> booby fetish. Clearly. <laughs> We're doctors. <laughs> yeah. The elf, in many cases, is considered a demon. But there have been some instances in which the elf is created from the spirits of recently dead animals, more akin to a spirit or a ghost. So, Grandpa's just coming back to suck your nip. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. I don't know what kind of house y'all grew up in. (laughs) That ain't never happened to me. But I'm sorry that probably happened to you pre-death and is happening to you in ghost form, too. (laughs) gonna have to get some like little what do they call them the yeah. pasties or whatever oh, yeah yeah, yeah, go yeah. Over the nip cup or take those nips <laughs> put That's them under locking key naked apparently <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> children may become an elf if a woman bites a horse collar to ease pain during extremely long and torturous childbirth so you know how they used to bite the apparently you can't do that or your baby might be come an elf okay okay I'm going to risk my teeth like that. A child born with a call or a or hair on their palms. Do babies get born with hair on their palms, though? Don't know. I have never seen that myself. Me neither. I feel like that is like a folklore thing. I do, too. Because if a baby came out with hairy paws, we have other questions to be asking. So many other questions. Every question. <laughs> um, also, if a woman who is pregnant is frightened by an animal... Then the baby might become an elf. Oh, I'm fucked. I got, I get, I get frightened, frightened by, by my the own shadow. Look, look at yesterday. We were going upstairs oh, to come yes. to record, and there was a goddamn little tiny anole lizard. But I came up the stairs and I went, "Oh God!" And Becky's like, "What the fuck is it? <laughs> it's a lizard, you dumbass!" <laughs> True story. And then Jimmy tried to chase it right into us, right into Becky. He did try to kill us with him. <laughs> it's true. It's called attempted murder, Jimmy. We won't forget it. No. Sleep with one eye open. Watch your nips. Watch them. Stillborn infants are also suspected to return from the grave as an elf and torment their family. Damn. Which is really sad. Like, you lost your child, and then they're like, ooh, by the way, it might come back and haunt you. <laughs> it was already haunting my emotions. <laughs> right. Also, people who have eyebrows are suspected to be elves. I thought we all had eyebrows. I'm, th- I'm pretty sure we all do. I, like, was it a fashion choice at the time? Like how we over-tweezed in the 90s, but back then they just shaved that shit off? <laughs> Maybe. I ain't got no hair. I, I ain't was, no out. <laughs> I was slightly um, uh, confused. I even wrote, I thought we all had eyebrows unless we had a medical problem. But hey, what the hell do I know? <laughs> Maybe eyebrows are a um, uh, mutation. I don't know. So 
As the case with werewolves, sometimes a normal human or animal may become an elf during the night. They are typically unaware of their nocturnal activities and are invariably in disguise while doing so. Finding an elf, while it is not active, simply requires injuring or otherwise making it during one of its attacks and seeking out the being with the similar mark the next day. So basically, like, if it comes at you, you're just supposed to, like, jut it, you know, like the pencil or something you might have on hand. <laughs> and then the next day, when it turns back into a human, you go around and see who has a pencil stabbing <laughs> or whatever you did. <laughs> Which one of y'all got shanked last time? Hmm? Let me see your ribs. Hmm? And that, that looks like it had lead on there. You fucking And that's how you find out. But I'm like, I feel like if I'm close enough to leave a mark, I'm going to try to kill that motherfucker. Yeah. I'm not just going to be like, and then run off and be like, I'll find him tomorrow. I'll I'm just going to make him a little tomorrow. mad by stabbing him. What? No, I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm just going to fucking kill him. Yes. <laughs> but again, what the hell do I know? <laughs> the person, if you find them the next day, because, you know, they don't know they're doing this at night. Oh, so okay. When you find them the next day with the jug, you're like, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. We can cure you. <laughs> <laughs> so you just have to find out who sent the curse on them or how they became cursed to begin with. That should be easy because they don't know this was happening. So. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Who have you pissed off lately? Hmm? <laughs> witchcraft is often the prime suspect in this case, as it always is. <laughs> Goddamn witchcraft. Sometimes the elf is... Uh, a spirit summoned by a witch or evil person wishing harm upon other and they so i'm pissed at jj i turn you into an elf and i summon you to go hurt him so i don't have to get my hands dirty and i mean you don't even know you're doing it because you just turn it's back not really hurting me none i think i'm sleeping exactly so <laughs> i wake up with a stab wound and be like the fuck it's <laughs> a so win-win for everybody except for jj because i sent you after him <laughs> uh, that would be funny though we'd be like Oh, Jen woke up with a stab wound. JJ's like, I found her. I wonder who's cursing me. I'm so concerned. Oh, hmm. let's go try to find out who they were. <laughs> but if you are lucky enough to trick an elf, you get to become its master. Surprise, happy ending. So like a Dobby? So like if I sent you to go get JJ as an elf and then he tricked you, well, now you're under his control and not mine anymore. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Feels like very Rumpelstiltskin-esque and like just <laughs> silly rules. Yes. Like, then he owns you. You give her a sock, Dobby's free. <laughs> <laughs> so many ridiculous rules. So the elf is best known for its shape-shifting abilities, similar to creatures from werewolf lore. Again, I told you he could change into cat, pig, dog, snake, and it is a small white butterfly oh. when he turns into a butterfly. Just so you know, smash the easy. shit out of those. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> they're out, I'm pretty sure they're not real, but don't be killing butterflies. <laughs> I'm sorry. It. I'm not trying to bring harm to butterflies. <laughs> don't. Do you imagine somebody going to the butterfly exhibit at the Houston Museum? <laughs> and a white one. Smash. Ow. Ow. <laughs> Y'all watch out. <laughs> butterflies. <laughs> That's how you get banned for life. <laughs> it, this is exactly how you do maybe even catch a charge fuck yeah endangered animal species some some shit like that <laughs> that was our last butterfly that we oh. had in existence <laughs> oopsie i'm saving your life last butterfly or last elf 
<laughs> it has been said that it can fly like a bird and it can ride a horse. The elf always wears his hat, giving it almost a comical appearance. Was it like the pre-leprechaun? The kinky oh, version? Yeah, it was. Because <laughs> he was into nipples. <laughs> now, the hat gives it its magical powers and it's it has the ability to turn invisible while it wears it. Kind of like the cloak of invisibility, okay. if you will. The hat is visible no matter what shape the elf takes, though. I'm telling you. Look at that butterfly with a little baby hat. Also, if... <laughs> <laughs> He's really dapper. <laughs> Sure. Also, <laughs> if an elf loses his hat, he will offer a great reward for its return. Oh, it sounds like some kidnapping schemes are being I'm made. Just a normal person, but have you seen my magical hat? <laughs> Don't wear it. Just Don't wear it. Give it back. Just, I just need it back. It's sentimental. It's sentimental. The elf also possesses an evil eye. I mean, I do too. <laughs> Whose gaze reflects illness and misfortune. Same. <laughs> Are we twins? <laughs> <laughs> Removing or damaging this eye also removes the elf's malicious intentions. So if you gouge out his evil eye. What's life after you gouge out his evil eye? What does it do then? Just fiddles around as a butterfly? With its little baby <laughs> cap? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not here for harm. I'm here for good. I'm here for the party. <laughs> but let me tell you how to stay safe against an elf. Oh, that's it. Hard hitting. Um, you can lay a broomstick under your pillow. Comfortable. Iron horseshoes hung from the bedpost. Okay. I don't have any of those, but I'll <laughs> figure it out. Placing shoes against the bed with the toes pointing towards the door. Okay. So just put your shoes under the bed and have the toes face the door. Okay, that's it. Yeah, fail safe. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Easy. Or place a mirror on uh, the chest. Like, you had a mirror over your dresser or something. So you just throw okay. a mirror up there, put your shoes under the bed, broomstick under the pillow. You're Three good. out of four, we're good. Yeah. That's like a 99% chance. Steel and crosses are also used, but all you have is demon stuff in your thing so yeah, unsafe <laughs> we're gonna pass on the steel crosses <laughs> if awoken by an elf and finding him still there so if you wake up and motherfucker's sitting on your chest just drinking from your nipple <laughs> all motherfucker's you, just going ham all you have to do is look at him and ask him <laughs> do you mind returning in the morning to borrow something or have some coffee. <laughs> what? You want to return in the morning to borrow something? Or have some coffee. Here's some coffee. We'll have crumpets with it. Come on. Leave my nipples alone. <laughs> and he'll leave. <laughs> you know what? I love a good Guatemalan <laughs> coffee. <laughs> but he he will dash away at once. Oh my dash away. And he'll arrive in the morning. <laughs> you better have that fucking coffee percolating. He'll be in his true form. <laughs> oh. oh. So that person shows or, up. I had a weird craving for coffee at your house. Or else he'll come and 
form of a human with eyebrows. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> Jen, why did you shave off your eyebrows? I don't know, but do you have coffee? <laughs> oh. And he'll be there to get his gifts that you told him he could come back his coffee. I mean, you promised and... that you better have it out there. A little, oh. little baby cane. Let a little baby pimp coat, you know, to go with that <laughs> magical hat. Then, when he gets there for coffee, then you can convince him to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Only then? <laughs> yes. I'm going to need you to get. Get on out of here. Come back again. Yeah. <laughs> I got sent you. But the elf will beg pitifully and at length to not be turned away. Please, let me. What it sounds like to me is... You had a late night booty call. <laughs> you told him, I got to get up early, but you can come back and get yourself in the morning, have some coffee. And he came back and you're like, oh, fuck, I told you to get. That was, uh, that was like, what oh. they call it where you're like, uh, when you're like, we should hang out sometime. And that person goes, yeah. And then you never do. It's, it's unspoken. You're not supposed to come back, back. for the coffee. It sounds like <laughs> he got stuck in an entanglement. <laughs> Somebody caught feelings. <laughs> Yes. Don't let me leave. I love you so much. Can I see your nipples? <laughs> so what you should really do is when you get up and you make that coffee, you're supposed to plug up any keyholes. And that way, before he gets there, he can't even come in. <laughs> but if he gets there and you let him in and then you plug the keyhole, he's stuck in there. He can't get back out. <laughs> Can you imagine like coming out, like coming home and then be like, Jimmy, why you put play doll in all the holes? Out, out. Got to keep uh, the safe. at my nips last night. <laughs> told him to bounce. Come back for coffee. And he tried to come back, and I was like, No! <laughs> I seen him on the ring camera store. I already plugged up the keyholes. So, if you keep a light on constantly during the night it will directly ward off the out insert the inventor of the nightlight <laughs> <laughs> i got you fam we're gonna have a nightlight and you're gonna be safe from all the alps yeah exactly i feel like he just made up this whole fucking ridiculous story let me tell you about the nipple sucking demon called the alp you know i have family in germany i should have messaged them and asked them like tell me like what's what's the deal with this has your nipples been molested? <laughs> it's okay. This is a safe space. You can tell me. <laughs> Show me the doll where he sucked your nipples. <laughs> Show me on Sally the doll where the elf touched your nipples. <laughs> oh, you look a little drained. Somebody been drinking out of your nipples? <laughs> you look a little drained. A sentry may also be employed to wait and watch for the elf to attack the helpless sleeper. The elf may be driven away if caught by someone not under the elf's influence. So if Jimmy wakes up and catches him, he can tell him to leave to go for coffee. But if you wake up and catch him, you can just tell him to get. Get, get on out of here. Get on out right there. Jimmy, I'm going to need you to keep a lookout. Okay, <laughs> this is our promise to each other. If you wake up and some little creatures... <laughs> Sucking on my nipples. I know it's going to be hard. Don't take a picture. <laughs> Actually, no. Take a picture first. Okay, for me. 
he will be the only creature yeah. doing that. Okay, in that case. Get! <laughs> Don't come back for coffee. <laughs> oh. Similar. Oh, also. Alps are weakened or immobilized by shoving a lemon in their mouth if you catch them resting. <laughs> that feels like a like a fraternity like prank. <laughs> I told JJ's like so apparently just wait for him to come over to coffee, fall asleep on the couch, stuff lemon in his mouth and see what happens. I just feel like at that point you stuff his a lemon in his mouth and you just take your your fist and hit the bottom jaw and be like, "Look, lemonade." <laughs> yes. Love it. <laughs> so the alf seems all but impossible to kill. <laughs> and sometimes, even after being turned away, so when he shows up for that coffee and you're like, not today, he may re- reappear years later in a worse mood. Oh, shit. So. You've been hungry for that nipple juice. <laughs> do what you want with it. That's the story of the alf. Fucking, I... Don't know where you found this creature, but honest to God, it's my favorite cryptid so far. It's not the fucking best. It's it's got a little hat and it stays the same. God (laughs) damn it. That's going to be our first merch, I think. We need to have a butterfly with a little little hat on top. You know, like, where's the nipples? (laughs) Still, my favorite part is that you just tell him to go and come back for coffee in the morning. Scurry away. (laughs) Come back to coffee. No, don't, don't. You're not really going to. It's kind of like a. Just a polite gesture. <laughs> it's how I politely tell you get the fuck out of my bed. <laughs> like, uh, you've had enough nipples. Get. And of course, the picture is phenomenal, too. Oh, my God. I can't wait for you guys to see this thing. Yes. That was some humor we needed after all the dark stuff we've done recently. Oh, yeah. Well, we have more coming your way. A lot more cool-ass stories. Like, we've got planned out to, like, damn June. Like, yep. we have so many. Like, everybody's been great about sending us suggestions and listener stories and thank god for the the folks in the cryptid subreddit for being like super responsive so we're gonna have more cryptids coming your way too yeah for sure without a doubt i cannot wait <laughs> and since we have all that material stockpot away we're not going anywhere guys <laughs> get used to it we're here to stay we're not leaving and coming back for coffee in the morning <laughs> exactly and when we come out with butterfly with bell cap merch i will i promise i will put it out there like Maybe yes. the first 50 people will get a first, a free shirt. Yes. Just too close to home. Also, if you guys have a chance, do us a big solid favor. Um, subscribe and rate us on yes. any platform you listen to. That way we get more people listening, more people drinking our Kool-Aid, falling in love yes. with us. Because how can you not? Right? <laughs> That's when they went, oh, I was going to. And then mm, conceited <laughs> bitches. I'm not conceited. I'm convinced. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and put that on a shirt. <laughs> Damn right, girl. <laughs> Thanks for listening. It's always, guys. And remember, stay safe. Keep your head on a swivel. And don't bring it too close to home by inviting them for coffee the next day. <laughs> Protect your nipples. Put always. some Play-Doh in your door holes. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode of Too Close to Home, don't forget to rate and subscribe to us on most platforms. Follow us on our social media at Too Close Home Pod on Facebook, at Too Close Podcast on Instagram, or if you have your own Too Close to Home experience, shoot us your story at Too Close to Home at Yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>